All right, ladies and gents, we have the first time ever Dave and Mike in the same studio. What in the... What kind of... There could be violence. <laughs> I'm actually looking at the guy as I talk right now. And, that, oh, that my could, God. That could be an encumbrance. Yeah, holy smokes. All right, well, uh, welcome back, of course. This is an episode we would like to call The Benny's Fit. And I'll give credit, uh, creative credit to David on that one. Shucks. Oh, that was nice, Daves. So uh, we've talked before about, we've had episodes like The Cost, where we talk about the cost of, of leaving, etc. And we've had all sorts of comments or conversations around that kind of topic. And we'd like to think of today's episode as a little more positive. You know, Not that all the episodes have been negative per se, but... But good, positive vibes, you know, not necessary, not necessarily criticisms of the church or negative stuff, right? It's more like, what are the benefits of leaving the church, which are many? Mm. And it's not just about the cost and, and the negative impacts or possible negative things, right, of leaving, which there usually are, at least some of those. And it looks to me like the benefits far outweigh yeah yeah i mean yeah. you know anecdotally you could just look back as most of us do who've left and say oh yeah it's much much more i'm much more free i i feel like the i'm in a much better place but that's again kind of anecdotal and we sat right. down and and really started thinking hey let's list a bunch of these benefits that we could think of right and i think there's dozens and dozens of benefits but we listed a few, so we'll go through those. But uh, you know how it goes, folks. Before we jump into this, LDS Church in the News. Yes. So I'm pulling up an ad here, an ad, an article. And the article is Oaks Laments Growing LGBTQ Power. Women's group denounces atrocities at U.S. border. So uh, here we go, folks. Eight months after President Dallin H. Oaks drew fire for his general conference denunciation of same-sex marriage and transgender rights, the senior Latter-day Saint leader took aim again at the LGBTQ community during a June 11 devotional address at Brigham Young University, Hawaii, which is uh, June 11's like 12 days ago now, so this is kind of aged, but still mm. relevant, of course. Oh, yeah. In a transcript of his speech, Oaks, next in line to lead the church, lamented the, quote, culture of evil and personal wickedness in the world, unquote, including the, quote, increasing frequency and power of the culture and phenomenon of lesbian, gay, and transgender lifestyles and values, unquote. Uh, he said, we have the challenge of living in a godless and increasingly amoral generation. More and more support the idea that all authority and all rules of behavior are man-made and can be accepted or rejected as one chooses, each person being free to decide for himself or herself what is right and wrong. Imagine that atrocity. Thinking for yourself. Oh my God, choosing, how terrible is choosing that? Choosing for yourself, no way. Why, why no would way. you allow someone 
to choose what's right and wrong for them. You know, just just a thought. The part <laughs> where it said he's next in line to take, you know, mm-hmm. the leadership reins, mm-hmm. and Nelson is ninety five. Is it? Elder I, Nelson, N- Nelson, Nelson? Nine, something like that. Ninety five yeah. or something. He's not gonna be around that long. That scares the living shit out of oh, me. Yeah. Oaks. To think of Oaks at the helm of the oh, church. Oh man. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Uh. Yeah. Uh, okay. What else does he say here? Such constant comparison. Okay, wait a minute. He says uh, the eighty-six-year-old. Yeah, so he's he's younger, Ten significantly years. Yeah. than Nelson. The eighty-six-year-old first counselor focused on the anxieties facing today's young people. Brought on in some cases when they compare themselves to peers they read about on social media. Okay, and honestly, I agree with that. That's an issue. Uh, let's see. Uh, what else is relevant here? Uh, oh, here you go. Prepare for a long and productive life, he counseled. Marry, have children. Yeah. Get an education, have faith. Well, get a guided education. <laughs> well, there, there's the model. There's yeah. the Mormon model right there. Yeah, yeah. There's no, uh, no bending, leeway, flexibility yeah, yeah. in that model. Uh, yeah, he's... Uh, we're standing not too far from an area where President McKay came out of the temple following the dedicatory session, and I stood there with my mother waiting for the opportunity to try to shake his hand, Bednar said. Ah, lizard, man. <laughs> I never could have imagined I'd be here in this role and responsibility. Oh, this, this station that, I've, that I have gravitated to in my grandeur, I could never have imagined. My own humility oh, my. surprises myself. <laughs> Anyway, man, I think that's probably enough on the LDS and the news thing. Uh, Look, uh, the evil in the world that's growing of being able to choose for yourself. Wow, that's kind of that's kind of scary, ain't it, Dave? Well, that's pure evil. That's called free will. I think (laughs) living your own life. Wow. And so that he refers to as being godless. If one chooses. To make decisions and a direction for their own life, they're godless. Wow. Yeah, it's kind of like the fallacy we've touched on, I think, a little bit in an episode or two. This concept that atheism, for example, is amoral because all morals come from God. Uh, People are not able to have morals at all and choose right and wrong or even believe in right and wrong if they don't believe in God and have a religion, right? I guess so. <laughs> Maybe? I No, I don't think so. Anyway, uh, so, yeah, back to the topic at hand here, the Benny's Fit. So yesterday morning, I just began to compile a list and then, of course, got input from Mike and another person. Mm-hmm. And the list grew quickly. So we're just going to buzz through it, and there might be some repetition Mm -hmm. and some overlap, but that's okay. If there is some redundancy, it's probably worthy of it. Yeah. So let's just start with one of the obvious ones. One of the benefits of leaving Mormonism, no obligatory payment of tithes and offerings. Yeah. These are not free will offerings. No. Now, we, we endorse that. Uh, if you have the means and you want to help someone, that's what it's all about. 
yeah uh, you know here's here's some money here's some time here's some food whatever it might be instead of the the warm cookie mormon thing where but more more so the obligatory payment in other words it, to be a Mormon in good standing, you will pay tithing. Yeah. And you really can't get away with not paying tas- or fast offering. Uh, and and uh, so what else on that? I mean, oh. that's that's gone. You leave the church, that's no longer a yeah. part of you're, your life. You're not told you have to do it, right? And, you know, as a TBM, I remember making little excuses if— People who were weren't Mormon or were critic, you know, criticizery. It's <laughs> a great word, man. Yeah, I'm gonna make that one up. Of Mormons, uh, if they'd bring up tithing or something like that, you know, I remember um, saying, "Hey, uh, well, you call it ob- you know, obligatory, but um, you know, I I freely choose to pay it, and uh, and the church uses it for all this good, you know." Well, first of all, again, you freely choose to pay it if you want to be a member in good standing. So yeah. Is, yeah. is that really a choice? Let's see, I have a choice. I, I do want to be a member in good standing, but I, I don't want to pay my tithing this month. We're kind of tight. No, that doesn't work. No. So it's obligatory. Obligatory. It is not a choice. So if you if you look at money itself as energy, yeah, which I see it as a form of energy and an exchange of energy. I'm going to exchange this energy for those items. Mm-hmm. Uh, you're using your time to create this money, your energy, mm-hmm. and now you're giving that to the church in the form. Well, we're going to go through a list of the way. Yeah, you're. It's extracted from you. Uh, that which you give your energy to, you give your life to. That's right. And and so that's that disappears when you leave Mormonism. Yeah. And, you know, is it better to, to be told to be a good person, basically? Let's equate that to a member in good standing. To be a good person that you should be, uh, you have to pay money. Okay. Is it better to say that to somebody? Or is it better to say, hey... Uh, it's your choice, man. Literally, your choice. You're you're not under. You're living in this paradigm where you're not obligated, or a belief system where you, there's no obligation or even expectation, you know, to do that. Now you're left entirely on your own to make right. that choice. And let's say you do choose to donate to a particular effort or a fund or a a project or a you know a, a whatever. Um, how is that donation different than an obligatory donation? It's a, it's worlds different. Yeah. Worlds different. It's, right. the, yeah. it's the intent. Moving yeah. on, freedom to explore new sources of information. We talked two weeks ago about the books mm. that the church wanted to keep you away from. And really, it's almost anything outside of church publications. So now, once you've left, you have the freedom to explore anything. Yeah. That you want. And you may, as you do that, find this, wow, there's a whole world of information out there mm-hmm. about a ton of things. And a lot of it you may not be interested in, even though now for the first time you've made it available to yourself. Sure. It doesn't mean automatically you're going to gravitate toward it or be incorporated into your life. But you have the freedom to look at it, consider it. Mm-hmm. Without... 
guilt or uh, a fear of some kind of repercussion or punishments or questioning even in that guilt mostly would be internal because Mm -hmm. if you were studying things outside of you know church recommended studies uh you'd be doing it on your own and in private for the most part sure so you'd you'd just be like oh Hope nobody sees me. Yeah, over here yeah. I'm. I'm reading uh, Scientific American. Oh shit! Yeah. <laughs> well, or you know, if you if you felt uh, the curiosity to do such a thing, or the the inquisitiveness um, in a normalized TBM relationship, let's say you had a spouse or whatever, you'd probably hide it from your spouse. Yeah. You know, to your point, do it in private because you don't want to raise suspicions in your spouse either of could you potentially be not a perfect member because you're thinking uh-huh. outside the box or you're you're delving into you're not reading your scriptures and you're instead you're reading this thing and now know? that's helping to create an environment of deception yeah and mistrust yes you know? so along with that thinking outside of restrictive paradigms yeah that same thing right same I mean, thing huge it's uh what was the deal with that, right? Well, again, as a TBM, um, you live in and are given a very structured, restrictive paradigm. Yeah. There is one truth in the universe. It is this belief system only. In that belief system, there are approved books and documents you know, that you can read. And that's the safe zone. Anything outside of that is, well, you know, it, it's ironic because this is Doctrine and Covenants, right? That says, seek knowledge out of the best books, the plural best books or whatever. I think it's the Meaning best books. Meaning the four. <laughs> Meaning the four. But then, you know, we've had, we've heard uh, leadership, you know, oh yeah, there's other, C.S. Lewis writes some good books and these, and they'll, they'll kind of be cherry picking, you know, these different books. But, uh, you know, again, as a member, there's almost this fear, this shadow, this uh, tentativeness. Mm-hmm. Oh, I, I kind of want to learn more about that science thing, about uh, planetary orbits and stuff. Wait a minute. It looks like this subtitle suggests that uh, the origin of this could be much longer than 7,000 years ago. Well, I, I better not go there. You know, I, I, I'm not going to read that. So now you're beginning yeah. to build some cognitive dissonance mm-hmm. right off the bat. Yeah. And uh, there are many members, I am convinced of it, who do study yeah. because they're interested sure. in some of these other subjects or ways of looking at things. Yeah. They just don't bring them up on Sunday in elders quorum or Sunday school. Right. Oh, they don't even have, what? which one is it they don't have? Sunday school anymore. I don't even remember. What, whatever. Yeah. Okay. Now this is this is huge, a broad subject, but limitless possibilities concerning reality and life. So let me speak to that for a minute. We're given a story in Mormonism about life. There's God the Father. Uh, he has plural wives, but we don't even talk about one wife. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's never brought up. There's no mother in heaven. At least she's not to be talked about. Um, and we're his spirit offspring, 
and then we come and gain a body through our mortal parents. We're tested. Life is a test, period. Mm-hmm. Okay. It's, but in Mormonism, it's really cool because mm-hmm. it's not just pass or fail. There's all kinds of places you can end up, mm-hmm. but there's really the good places and the bad places, all right? <laughs> and that's it. Yeah. That's, you know, the story of, of life. And then you can continue to progress and become a heavenly father of yourself or a heavenly mother, I guess. She's yeah. always going to be a child bearer or something yeah, like that. I guess so. Uh, so limitless possibilities about this. Now you're free to say, hey, that doesn't make any sense. What's really going on here? Yeah. And that could lead you in 100,000 different directions. Yeah, yeah. And and again, um, the natural nature of most people, you know, to be inquisitive and to think about things a little bit and to wonder. And when you're told from a tiny little age, right, you're told what to believe, about life and every aspect of it the origins before you came here why you're here you know who you are where you can go how to get there uh there you go there's your there's your diagram this is the only true thing if you experience anything in life that would persuade you otherwise it's wrong uh you should not be pursuing that stuff uh, if you do, you're not a good member. You're not a good person. You're weak. You need to not look at those things. And uh, hey, you know, you're never quite good enough, by the way. Um, so thank God for Jesus because he's going to, no pun intended, I guess. <laughs> yeah. Because well, he's going to, he saved you from being a jerk and, yeah. and a weakling. Because um, again, you're yeah. born in sin. Yeah, that's right. And, and so you, yeah. you, you're screwed. From the at, beginning, at day one, yeah, under this this paradigm, this way of yeah. looking at life. And uh, hey, if you have an inclination as you go through life, you talk to different people, you you know, you experience different cultures, different ideologies, different religions, even you know, if something makes you go, huh, that's kind of neat, or hey, you resonates. know, that resonates with me mm-hmm. a little more than this whole thing of the guy in the sky with a big white beard. Uh, no, you can't go there. That's right. you know, get your head out. Very restricted. Yeah. Okay, let's let's shift gears. This is a a subject that's uh, totally unique, and uh, we could spend a lot of time with it. We don't have that much time, but creating relationships based on true friendship. Now, what do I mean by that? <laughs> we have what's called in the church. Um, callings. Mm-hmm. Well, we have quorums and we have Relief Society. And so the people that you gather with on Sunday and around, you you walk up to them on Sunday and you smile and shake their hand and say, you know, good morning, how you doing? And you may find people that you really enjoy spending time with. And, and a friendship could develop. Mm-hmm. But these are friendships that I'm talking about that are forced. Right. So... Uh, home teaching companions, mm-hmm. for instance, which is now ministering or something. Ministering, I don't know not, what they call it. Yeah, and and then those families that you go to visit, and uh, we love you, and you don't even know this person or this family. Uh, forced uh, friendships, which would continue, 
probably give you some false ideas about what a true friendship is. Mm-hmm. And so it's a dysfunctional thing. It is. And, yeah. and you know, in, in, in normal life outside the church, uh, outside a cult belief system, um, how would you make friends, right? You, would you normally, in a neighborhood, for example, uh, you see, let's say you see your neighbors going around, you have some, some just uh, conversational, you know, little quips with them. Hey, how you doing? I'm, oh, I'm Mike, you know, oh, I'm George, you know. And pretty soon, right, with most people in life, you kind of get a little vibe or, hey, you talk about a topic or two, you throw some exploratory mm-hmm. stuff out there. Yeah. Oh, George likes that too. That's cool. I wonder if he likes this. And so you're choosing on your own to explore potential friendships. You're choosing how deep to take that relationship, right? How much yes. you're going to talk about, how much you're going to get in their life, you know, how much are they going to open up and that kind of stuff, normal relationships. And you may choose, yeah, you know, George is a cool guy, but after a few conversations, I realize, eh, you know, there's not a lot there. That's fine. You know, maybe there's something there with Mark or Betty or whoever is in the name, you know. Well, in the church, to David's point with this thing, uh, you're going to be that family's friend. Yeah. And you're going to love yes. them and take care of them. And you're going <laughs> to, what? You're now telling me who to be friends with? And, and that you're and, going to love and, them and genuinely? I'm, I'm supposed to love these people closely? <laughs> like I've developed this, you know, and... and Really? Yeah, that's that seems a little forced. Yeah. That seems a little yeah, unnatural. I have a, a, you know? a little uh, example of the opposite side of that, if you will. Yeah. Uh, moved into a ward, and I immediately was companions with the bishop ah, right. as a high priest, uh-huh. home teaching. Yeah. And we got to teach single sisters and, yeah. quite frankly, a lot of dysfunctional families. And there was one area in the ward where that was the predominance uh, among the people. And so we're driving through there, and he goes, no, I, I don't want you to visit them by yourself. And and don't, no, I don't want you over there by yourself. And so he stopped for a minute. This is the bishop again. Yeah. says, you know, I don't really want you to visit anyone on this circle without a companion. <laughs> and I thought... Something. It was one of those moments, and I've had many where it's like, what the fuck? Oh, what man. if, as a human being, uh, I choose to go visit a neighbor? No. The hell with you. Can't do it. Who can you? Sorry. Yeah. So, yeah, that's, so that's kind of opposite. an opposite you example. Can't, you can't associate with these people versus yeah. you will, right? Yeah, crazy. And you think of the little things. You mentioned this at the very beginning of the topic. You know, you come into church, hi, brother so-and-so. Well, hi, sister so-and-so. And this term of brother and sister is like this compulsory, you are a brother and sister of this person. You will act brotherly or sisterly. And you may frankly hate and, their and guts. And you're like, I don't, I think that guy's weird. I don't want to associate with, no, you will call him Brother Smith and you will shake his hand and you will smile and be fake. You know, and you're like, what? <laughs> what is that? How about some real personally interested friendship right where you you want to go shake the guy's hand or you know that guy seems kind of cool let me get to know no you (laughs) so it is it's like this facade and you get to throw the facade away i guess is the summary sure of that right and love love and and uh gaining love 
for another person or persons is a process. It's yeah. not something, it's not a calling, it's not a direction from the bishop. No. Go over, whatever. No. All that, right. You know, just a side note, okay. I, not to belabor this point, but it goes into the church's concept of service, right? And again, obligatory, a good member serves, and they have definitions of what service is, right? Yeah. And a good member will go do this. And then it's gotten to the point where they, they like calculate service hours, right? And stuff like that. And they're like, you will serve and you will go work on this project to, I don't know, you name it. Go take part in laying sod at this new family's house that they're or pick apples in, or, or peaches. Or you or... will go help this guy move. And again, yeah, right. what if I, I could have wanted to do that myself or not, but. You're telling me to give service. So now I don't get to have a good experience doing it. It's compulsory. Yeah. But I'm going to do it because I'm earning points, (laughs) right, in this celestial scale. So I'm going to smile and say, yeah, I'm happy to be here. And inside you'd be like, man, I fucking hate people moving. I hate moving (laughs) shit. You know? Oh, hi. (laughs) I, I... I came here because I, I was hope, forced. I mean, I, I hope want... you have a lot of really heavy furniture. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Whatever, anyway. Okay. Sorry, bro. Moving on. This is huge. This is maybe one of the the biggest benefit. Yeah. I, I, there's so many. Yeah. This is gigantic. Discovering your true self, which includes the freedom to express your true self. Wow. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Well, what does that mean? It kind of goes a little bit back to the prior point or two ago of, of uh, the whole, you're taught what the paradigm and, and everything is. Here's the truth. You came from this. You are this. Yeah. You will be this if you're worth anything at all. You're weak, and of course, you'll never be good enough, but in the end, you're this, you know, and this is, well, wow, okay, you gave me myself in a box. Here I am. Right. But that doesn't really, this piece doesn't resonate with me, or gosh, I feel like, no, uh, uh, hey, yeah, this is you. This is the box. Well, even outside of religion, let alone Mormonism, how many people do find, to a large degree, their own self? Yeah. It takes a lifetime. Yeah. That is the journey of life. Sure. Is discovering, if you will, who you are, uh, what you have to contribute, what it is you want to contribute, what your true gifts are. That can't be dictated to you. So this whole process of discovery is what life is about. Yeah. And and the joy. (laughs) I'm right there with you as far as uh, ranking, right, if you can, these benefits. And I got to agree, of all these things we've written down, there's a few more we'll talk about. Um, I got to agree, man. You know, hey, guess what? You are free. And this bullshit, oh, you're free to go sin. Oh, come on, man. You know, if you're not a murderer, you're not going to suddenly grow into being a murderer, right? It's it's the whole concept, though, of guess what, John Doe? I'm not going to tell you who you are. I'm not going to squeeze you into this one-size-fits-all box. You get to discover that on your own. And that is beautiful. 
that experience it like you said that's life that's life what could be better hey i'm gonna explore here i'm gonna talk to this person i'm gonna learn about this thing i'm gonna i'm gonna ask these questions about life and find my answers you know and look at other people's answers and wait weigh those and it's a journey it's not it's not you get this again this kit Uh or this box to fit into and and really nothing else after that yeah yeah because this is a journey Sure. discovery yeah and and it never ends yeah and for someone to invite you whatever analogy you want to use imagery right they open this big door and they say look you've been in the barn for 40 years mike <laughs> you know let me open come over here what what's it? i'm gonna open these big barn doors oh no no don't have that scary no i'm opening these big barn doors and look there's a world out there and there's sunlight and fresh air and go discover it. Go discover yourself. Holy shit. And that's yeah. That's to a large measure what I discovered yeah. before I had completely left the church. Yeah. I had that experience uh-huh. where I was shown, oh my God, yeah. I've been looking at a drop of water and there's an entire ocean out there. Yeah. And I knew immediately because of that I was done. Yeah. With religion. Yeah. Right there. Yeah. All right. Along with that, again, a lot of these tie in together. Forming beliefs on your own, which means you're allowed to experience life to inform your beliefs. Yeah. Not being told what you think of the insanity of that. I'm going to tell you what you believe. Oh, yeah. <laughs> what the hell? You get to figure that out for yourself. Form your own beliefs. <laughs> Yeah, I, I I'll repeat it. The stupidity, the the ludicrousness of is that a word? Ludicrousness. It is. It might be. Yeah, the noun of ludicrous, the adjective. <laughs> ludicrousness. Ludicrosity. Ludicrosity. <laughs> Ludicrosification <laughs> of being told, "Hey, Joe. By the way, you may have been wondering about this or that. Let me tell you what you believe about that." What? <laughs> How can you tell me what I believe? So you again you've given away your life. Oh man. The, and the, the essence of yes. life which includes all of this. Who yeah. am I? What do I really believe? That's yeah. all you. That's yeah. your story. That's yeah. your experience. Yes. How can you be told that? <laughs> okay, I, I don't know if there's how much more there is to say about no. that. Yeah, that's You know? Yeah. Okay, here's uh, again an extension. The absence of preconceived conclusions. Sure. Kind of right on the Much same. Much related. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. How about I discover the conclusion? Which, hey, here's the shocker of the episode, folks. Some conclusions about certain things are not what the church says. Uh-oh. <laughs> Uh-oh. Wow. You mean I explore this? Wow, look at this thing that I found. You know, it's... So fun and exhilarating and free and and empowering. I mean, That's whatever word, words you want to use, yeah. you know, it's it. This is my journey, and look at this thing I discovered, and wow, this is way different than what I was told to believe over here. You know, hey, I enjoy this in my life, and I was told that was satanic or evil or, you know, or. This doesn't quite mesh with the story I was given over here in the church, but it's beautiful, you know? It's, wow, yeah. Okay, eliminating magical thinking. (laughs) (laughs) 
People criticize that one sometimes. And folks, let's remember how the church started. We've talked about this a little bit. There's all sorts of information out there. In the 1800s, the magical worldview, as most historians kind of term it, was prevalent in the Northeast U.S. Probably not just North. I mean, that's where most of the population was at that time. But magical worldview what is that there's there really are things like fairies and elves and spirits guarding treasure and and the occult thing you things you would call the occult right there's power in seeing you can have seer stones and and peep stones and and i'm sure ouija board type stuff would fit in there right you can talk to spirits and get information from the this was all part of the way people they readily uh, accepted that. Oh, yeah, yeah, I know that. Oh, don't walk in the woods over there after dark because spirits roam and guard the sacred oak or whatever, you know. It's this, people believe this. And science has disproved most of this shit, right? Heaven forbid. But this was the beginnings of the LDS church. Yeah. This was the Smith family. And not just them, you know, everybody was believing in this, which is why Joseph could get away with a lot of stuff he did. Because right. if people say, oh, you're a moron weirdo, then he wouldn't have got away with stuff. No, they believed it. Mm-hmm. That's why he could do the treasure-seeking shit. And, oh, yeah, I believe you can see where treasure's buried. I'll pay you 50 bucks. You know, let's go find it. Oh, uh, you weren't, you didn't follow the the uh, occult ritual <laughs> precisely like i gave you so that's why you didn't find the treasure oh damn it maybe next time joe you know and that's how the lds church started he's oh there's this treasure buried in the hill it happens to be these ancient records by the way joseph wasn't the only one that had that story there was a few of those hidden record stories martin harris believed in another one too anyway whatever well i i include in this uh magical thinking uh, conclusions, ideas about reality that are baseless, that escape rational yeah. thought yeah. whatsoever. In other words, this is part of LDS doctrine or theology. There's no rationality to it whatsoever. Sure. That's what I would also include in magical thinking. Sure. Where, no, there's no evidence for this, scientific mm-hmm. or otherwise, but it's a part of our theology. So Sacred science is another term right. that's used for that, right? Well, that, you told me God did this in this way. Wow, that completely contradicts our understanding of physics and reality. Well, never mind. It's okay, Johnny, because that's God. Yeah. That's, uh, hey, it doesn't make sense that hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of animals fit into this ark, shat and pissed everywhere, had enough food and fresh water to drink. Hey, hey, and, hey, hey, hey get off hey, that, David. You don't understand the power of God. Sacred science. Let's Look, yeah, it's magical. magical. Magical thinking. <laughs> okay, another huge one, including the fact that Mike and I are doing this today on Sunday. Mm, heaven forbid. The freeing up of large quantities of time. Oh, yeah. Which is what your life is made of. Time, That's right. Time on the planet. Yeah. We all we don't need to get into the details of all the time restrictions that are involved in the church. It, well, time consumption. Yeah, it is your life. Yeah. It is your life. If you Again, all of the, a bunch of these comments are obviously predicated on this concept of being a 
quote-unquote good member, which everybody kind of wants to be. You want to be a good member. Yeah. And in the church, it's not just Sunday, folks. It's, a, hey, I got this meeting during the week. I got to go do the service project. Hey, if I have any spare time, I better be doing genealogy. Well, you know, you better be going to the temple once a week. And TBMs you, love uh, to say, hey, no, this is not a religion. It's a lifestyle. Yeah, right. I mean, it's, it's meaning my it life. Takes, it takes over your life. I'll you tell know? you what, the first few Sundays when my wife and I left the church, um, we had this, and it's funny, uh, it's just kind of become a phrase in the in the ex-Mormon, whatever, prior Mormon community, second Saturday, right? <laughs> we had this experience where I'm like, I felt like it was Monday already and it was Sunday. Yeah. And and I'm like, God damn, I, this is a real weekend. <laughs> wow. Look, we can get shit done. When before we were like, oh, I don't know how we're going to do, I'm going to have to do that on Wednesday night, you know, or we just didn't have time on the weekends to get stuff done, which right. is still the time a lot of people do stuff, whether it's yard stuff or shopping or, you know, groceries, whatever, and then still have some time to relax, you know, and enjoy our weekend. And suddenly we could. Huge benefit. Think of the irony of being a bishop or stake president and getting up to the pulpit and teaching family first when you yourself have spent maybe a half an hour with your own family. The whole week. week. The whole oh, week. yeah. Okay. Yeah. What the hell? Good stuff. All right. Uh, major life decisions, education, employment, marriage, and family are now completely up to you. Wow. What? What? Imagine that. Oh, oh it's my life? <laughs> <laughs> The travesty, folks, especially, I'm going to point out the women out there, uh, story after story in the church, right? They they have a desire, personally, heaven forbid, right there, <laughs> anything you're personally inter- interested in, if it doesn't match the church, hey, I want to get an education. I, I, I've dreamt of getting into nursing, or I want to be an architect, or I, you know, man, I've always been fascinated by law. I want to become a lawyer, whatever, right? Uh, many, 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 just as many or more capable, intelligent women out there than men. Oh, yeah. Uh, and uh, you go, let's say you start the school thing, you're a year or two in, you're at BYU, <laughs> you meet your husband-to-be, what are you supposed to do? Well, you can keep going to school if you can manage that with popping out kids and being the being the mom, or quit. You choose. I don't know if you can manage that together. Uh, incidentally, being that mom and popping babies out is much more important than schooling. I mean, you know, you should be educated, but you know. Let's so, face it, you're a woman anyway, so you don't really need education. It, it was very clear back in the days of uh, President Spencer W. Kimball, yeah. which is when I grew up in the church, it was cut and dry. That was it. This, yep. Your role is in the kitchen, barefoot and pregnant, yeah. uh, really. Most of your life. That was it. Yeah. The man had a, a, a very large burden himself. Yep. He was going to have to create enough income to take care of his wife and those dozens of kids or or whatever okay yeah and uh, also provide the church all the time it required of him and get educated and uh, i mean uh insane yeah on both sides insane and guess what you get to choose now 
you know, uh, well, I feel so restrictive with these, with this dating. I, I feel like, you know, I, I know I have to date a return missionary and I, whoa, whoa, wait, what? Who's telling you who to like or how to limit your pool of yeah. people that you should know? Well, let me tell you something. If you, if you date enough people as a BYU student and you're being told just yeah. date other act, not just members of the church, active, active members. members of yes. the church, of course, preferably return missionaries yeah okay there's there's a bunch of them out there you will find someone that you hopefully hit it off that with. since yeah. you've been told not yeah. to express yourself sexually you're damn near about ready to go crazy that way anyway just get married for yeah now yeah <laughs> and a lot of these marriages we've seen over the years were based on the church as their core right when a lot of times these folks don't have a lot else in common and then we see a tremendous number of divorces when one of the spouses leaves the church, so they no longer have the church in common, which was their main thing. And now they're like, well, damn, we don't have anything in common. And that gets into the whole marriage aspect, which could be a podcast in itself. But anyway, or an episode. Rather. Okay. This, this is, we've kind of covered already. No more restriction on creative ability. Yeah. And we, we talked about expressing your own self after you've discovered your, your true self. Yeah. So there's, there's, no, more re, there's no restriction, uh, no, no limit Mm-mm. on your creative ability. Yeah. Which is, again, what life is about. Express yourself the way you want to express yourself, the okay. way that resonates with you. Yeah. And that may include your views on sexuality, uh, your views on politics, yeah. which... We're told exactly what to think and how to think yep. on both of those. Mm-hmm. And think about that with politics. I can remember Bruce R. McConkie getting up, you must be willing to follow the brethren in all things, <laughs> spiritual, temporal, and political. And a lot of people are like, what? what? Yeah. What, what about church and state? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and you know, you guys have all heard it, uh, especially in the U.S., right? If you look at politics here in the U.S., um, there is a hist- an historical trend of Mormons voting on the Republican side, right? And you can see obvious reasons for that if you look at some of the differences anyway between Democrat and Republican, uh, you know, parties, the, the platforms, the, the sides on issues like abortion, LGBTQ rights, you know, whatever, right? Historically, you see a little bit more conservatism, you could use the term, on the Republican side as you look back through the years. Oh, yeah. And so Mormon communities have heavily gravitated that way, and it's become a subculture. There's a lot of subcultures in the church that really have nothing to do with the doctrine, nope. per se, the nope. scriptures or anything. It's more like these subcultures that have developed of, oh, well, you just vote Republican if you're a good Mormon. Yeah. Well, nobody said that expressly that I think can think of, right. but it kind of just became the trend in the subculture, right? Well, guess what? Now, hello, free world, free thinking. What do you think? Which, which candidate really most re- represents your personal views that resonate with you? Yeah. Heaven forbid. You know, oh, he's this Democrat over here. Well, <gasps> guess what? You get to vote for him <laughs> and not feel guilty. Yeah. You know? 
and not it's, and uh, not be afraid to talk about it with a fellow Mormon. Yeah, sure. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Uh, again, another freedom. Freedom to choose your own lifestyle, including dietary mm-hmm. restrictions that are found in the church. If you want to drink a little red wine, if you enjoy the benefits, the health benefits of coffee yeah. or tea, you don't have to feel guilty or try to hide it. Yeah. I remember the joke back growing up. What's the, what's one of the unique things about Mormons? They don't drink caffeinated beverages in front of each other. <laughs> in front of each other. <laughs> and of course, yeah. that's that's gone the, by the wayside now. Oh yeah, now. that used to be yeah. the belief in yeah. the Word of Wisdom is that your caffeine was included. That's kind of been waffled off, and and you know fallen into the background a little bit. And there's all sorts of memes and things on social media, right? One of my favorites that I saw a couple years back was this meme of, you know, uh, Mormon's favorite, uh, what was it? How do Mormons, how does Mormon caffeine differ from (laughs) non-Mormon caffeine? And one of them was, you know, the non-Mormon was drinking coffee or the, and then the Mormon one was, uh, it's, it's colder and, uh, it's colder with, and has sugar or whatever. Right. The point is caffeinated sodas, uh, much of which are, are heavy in sugar, right? Uh, caloric, caloric content is the Mormon version of coffee, right? And uh, we could get into all sorts of the statistics on that. If you look at highly concentrated LDS areas like Utah, for example, especially some counties or cities here, uh, huge issue with high caloric intake, obesity. Obesity. Um, which is really, again, big topic, self-medication. Okay, Man, I'm feeling stressed. I'm never quite good enough. I'm obeying most of the commandments, but I'm just having trouble with this. God, I'm kind of depressed. I don't want to take antidepressants, which is also a big Utah issue. Uh, Huge. I'm going to self-medicate with sugar pop, you know, or, or... go to a, a cookie place and inundate myself with a dozen cookies or, you know, whatever, man, you know, <laughs> well, heaven forbid coffee. <laughs> we wouldn't want to drink a rich antioxidant, low calorie <laughs> beverage, would we? <laughs> I mean, anyway, man. Yeah. Freedom. Freedom. Oh, love Freedom. it. All right. This is big uh, and it's all encompassing. So we'll have to limit ourselves here, but living in the now, uh, Last week or the week before, I mentioned Eckhart Tolle's book, Living the Power of Now. Uh, The teaching being not to let the past dictate the present. Right. And not to let the future dictate the present. If If you really stop to think about where your mind is most of the time, it's in the past and it's in the future. Mm hmm. Instead of enjoying this moment yeah and mormonism is not about that mormonism is all about you know you lived a pre-mortal life you must have been valiant yeah so kudos because (laughs) you got to be a member of the church in this life yeah a little pat on the back there thanks Yeah. yeah okay i got a chance and it's all about what you do here will determine an eternity in the in the future so how much of your time is spent enjoying this moment yeah right now in fact and again you know we're at uh 47 minutes holy crap um 
so we can't get into a lot of that. We're almost but done. There's a, a an interesting again speaking of subcultures. And I'm generalizing, admittedly, okay? A lot of statistics come from averages, generals, you know, generalities, whatever. Um, you look at, at subcultures that have developed in areas like Utah, again, just to pick on that uh, as an example. And this concept of living in the future, right? Well, part of that, of course, includes in the belief system, Jesus is coming again. He's going to make all the wrong stuff right. Yeah, yeah. There's going to be the millennium. The earth's going to be perfected and cleansed. Everything's going to be made good. So, by the way, we're not going to say this, but we're going to be one of the worst states in the nation at not taking care of our environment. Beautiful state in Utah. Rich, glorious, natural wonders and beauty here. But, yeah, build houses fucking everywhere and strip the land of its resources, carve huge swaths of shit into the mountainsides to yeah. fish for copper and gravel and, you know, build billions of homes when you're running out of water because we all want that tax. So this is the difference. And, let you me, know, let me... treat the earth like shit yeah. because, yeah, Christ live, is going to make it better. Live for the moment <laughs> is way different than live in the moment. That's right. And that's that's right. a very good point that you made. And the yeah. church uh, anyway. leans the other way. Yeah. Okay, we're we're going crazy here. This uh, next subject, I will give credit to Mike's wife who brought this up. When you leave the church, you're not going to give all the credit for good things to God or the opposite. You're not going to give all the credit for bad things to God and or the devil. You get to own your own shit, and you get to enjoy your own good stuff. You accomplish this yourself. Here's the fruits of it. I get to feel good about that. And that's, oh, that's a gift from God. Or, oh, man, look at all the shit that's happened in my life. I really must have fucked up. Yeah. Oh, and or God has is pissed, is pissed at me. Yeah. Or Satan is just too much yeah. <laughs> a part of my life <laughs> or whatever the hell, you know? Yeah. And, you know, that's an interesting one because many people leave the church and move to another church where they still have that belief system in God and Satan. And, um, you know, I don't I don't uh, condemn those people. Uh, It goes right back to one of our favorite benefits topic of you get to choose. You know, that's the beauty of it. David and I are in the same boat in that uh, we have a different view than than the re- religiosity of there's a guy with a white beard called God and there's this devil, you know, uh, and I call them the great scapegoats. That's really what we're talking about in this topic, yes. this last topic. I get to own my own shit, Every and that day. might be good, success. Good. I, I Guess what? I can feel good because I accomplished something. Yeah. With my hard work, with my effort, it's okay to own that. It's okay to be proud of yourself, happy with yourself, love yourself, you know? It's also okay to say, you know what? I fucked up, man. I'm not going to blame this ethereal, invisible guy called the devil. I own that. I made a mistake. I'm going to go try to rectify that or learn, balance that. Learn from it. Whatever it is, learn from it. I'm not going to pin that on this entity called the devil or, like David mentioned, berate myself and, oh, I just wasn't good enough for God. 
So I'm getting punished. No, fuck that shit, man. Just own it. You screwed up. We all screw up. Let's learn from it. Yep, move on. Be man. happy with your accomplishments. Move learn on. from your from your mistakes. And the beauty of that, as simple as it sounds, the beauty of just being able to have that in your life, to be able to have, to own your life, really, I guess, is what we're saying. Yeah, yeah. instead of giving away your power or sitting and and drowning in guilt yeah either extreme yeah. all the time and nowhere is there any happiness no or inner joy yeah just own your life it's not uh look if you believe in god and in the devil fine but but don't give every good thing to god and every bad thing to the devil seek to have a little ownership and enjoyment of again some good stuff does come from your efforts some bad stuff doesn't mean the devil did it, you know? It's, uh, yeah, you know. Remember yeah. Flip Wilson? Yes. <laughs> the devil made me do it. <laughs> That's going to be an ancient reference for oh a, a small percentage of, of our audience. <laughs> okay, last thought, and this encompasses the whole thing, essentially. Functioning with an open mind, but we might want to define what an open mind is and isn't. It is not a garbage can with a lid off. <laughs> you just pour all this shit in there and you accept it all. Or a sponge. It's yeah. the freedom and ability to weigh things, to discern, to choose, to be able to allow yourself to consider yeah. new things, new options, new directions, and not to judge things and, and dismiss them immediately. Yeah. Yeah. Huh? There it is. Beautiful. <laughs> Beautiful. Imagine that. Again, the funniness, we've laughed a couple times as we've brought up some of these topics. The humor, I don't think funniness is is funniness a word? I don't think so. Maybe I don't know. Anyway, the humor, <laughs> English sucks by the way. Our compat we have some listeners outside of the country whose native language is probably not English. We join you in the observation that English sucks. sucks. Yes. <laughs> anyway, I always say that. Once you learn a foreign language, you're like, man, that's fucking easier than English. Jeez. Anyway, the humor of um, just, you know, what was I even saying now? <laughs> I totally lost my just, train just, of thought. Well, functioning with an open mind. Fun is... Oh, right. Yeah. You know, the, the humor of saying a lot of these topics... And peop any rational person who would listen to these, well, that's a given. Hello, that's simple. They're all simple, right? Like yeah. these, they're not. We're not talking rocket science or some super complex idea. Gee, the idea of owning my own life. Gosh, the idea of being able to weigh things on my own and make a decision. These are simple, simple concepts, but they're stolen from you in a cult belief system. And that is the benefit for me, is I don't get to have that theft experienced in my life anymore. I get to own and experience everything. Right. And I'm telling you guys, I'm here to say the tunnel wasn't easy to move through because your mind really hates the whole paradigm shift movement. It's tough, yeah. right? But... To use that old cliche, you know, the, there is a light at the end of the tunnel, and that light is beautiful. And it's like, wow, you know, look at the world, you know, it's just amazing. It's the freedom to be. Yes. 
Yes. The freedom to be. And that that freedom is so, so empowering. Yeah. And you, you can't really understand what it's like to function from a place like that until you leave the, the, the chains and shackles. Yeah. You throw them off and you choose a different way of living your life. Well, my last thought for the epi- episode, this is going to be an, an hour episode. Okay. Uh, I think it's worth it sometimes to get into this. But um, my, my ending thought on that whole thing is uh, the church experience doesn't have to remain a negative in your life. If you embrace what we've been talking about this whole episode of, gosh, I get to choose now. I own this. I have this openness and, and opportunity I can be me, etc. Even if me doesn't match Mormonism, you know, whatever. It's very tempting, again, because of the the toll it takes, right? Go back to our episode, The Cost. It's very tempting to look back at the church experience and say, however however long that was for you, and say, oh man, what a negative, shitty thing, you know. Well, on the one hand, yeah, it was. Mm -hmm. On the other hand, own that too. Yes. And say, I own it. I recognize it. Gosh, how could I be deceived? Okay, give yourself a break. You know, now enjoy the light. Now enjoy. We can always look back like any mistake. Oh, I shouldn't have taken that jump on the motorcycle. I broke my fucking leg. Well, own that and say, I'm not going to do that again. Don't dwell on it forever. (laughs) And just say, yeah, you know what? Yeah. Uh, motorcycle riding is still fun, you know. It's uh, I'm gonna just not do that again, and I'm not gonna fall into a ligature, a restriction, <laughs> a religion, right? If that's your path, if you're still into religions, fine. Just try to keep an open mind. And, sure. Uh, yeah. Yeah. The the freedom is everything. I mean, it's uh, and it continues. In other words. Once you've had the experience of being freed from Mormonism, it, it continues. Yeah. You've now learned that I'm free to choose all kinds of new things in my life beyond religion, whether I'm involved oh, in yeah. a religion or not or yeah. anything like that. This is now the way I function in That's my life. That's such a great point. I can consider yeah. these things and, and choose for myself and move on. Otherwise, if you're stuck in, oh, God, I wasted most of my life in the church, you're in the past. Yeah, you're still living in the past, right? Live in the now. Enjoy the now. now. Great point, bro. I mean, that whole thing of, uh, um, you know, I, you don't just have that freedom and that beautiful experience when you leave the church that we've been talking about the whole episode, all these kinds of benefits. I would say the same thing, that when you have that change in your life, it does kind of cascade, and it does yes. it does wrap into more things in your life other Everything. than just religion, right, yes. or just Mormonism, right. because you've escaped that, that mindset, you do find it bleeding into other aspects of your life and it ends up bleeding into everything and it's the way you think about relationships the way you think about work the way you think about education you know science 
the the act of researching and studying mm-hmm. there's huge huge benefits that roll way outside of mormonism and that's part of the big world that i keep saying oh this world let's that concept of well, it's just not it's not just about religion that's a tiny little you know look at the world and all these other benefits that this idea of being open-minded and and learning for myself and choosing for myself can can contribute to not just the idea of choosing a religion right it's huge it's uh it's the universe that you become a part of and uh great benefits guys enjoy the benefits with us if you're not out yet and you're making that journey remember the light is so worth it at the end and it will come and you'll experience that and oh man is it worth it hang in there hang in there yeah it's worth it we love you guys for those that are are completely out like dave and i enjoy the benefits together love you guys and uh we'll see you next time today i choose to be awesome peace out